Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone. Hi. What's up? Welcome back to that Dan Band Show. It feels like it's been a while. We've been doing these monthly. We switched to a monthly format in the new year um, and doing a little bit more content on social media and doing a little bit more uh, newsworthy, blippy, fun stuff, you know, high view count type stuff. And it's been fun um, creating content in a different way other than doing long form podcasts. But we got to stay true to what we started with, which is doing the long form thing and keeping that going and being committed to that. So it's always fun to kind of check in with everyone every month um, with what's going on right now. It's February 21st. It's a Tuesday. Um, and in terms of where I'm at my season, we just had our first public outing with George Mason's drumline last uh, Saturday, a couple of days ago. Um, and, you know, that's that's the part of the year that we are all in. The videos are starting to leak out onto YouTube. The opinions are starting to be formed in the public eye and in kind of the broader spectrum of people seeing what everyone's doing. Um, and we start to get a feel for what the year might possibly look like just with everyone's approach to it uh, and just kind of where every organization is sort of at. Because when you see these groups come out, you can tell the ones that organizationally have their stuff together. Um, I'm seeing teams come out costumed, propped, and develop. And then you see a team in a variety of, of different stages. Um, and that does speak to, um, you know, decision-making choices where, where people are, how far they are and, and things like that. So um, it's always, uh, you know, I'd say between mid February and really the end of the season, it's like, we are in fifth gear revved up. It's just a million miles an hour. And that's definitely where I'm at. And, you know, it's even tough to squeeze in podcasts because after this, I'm doing a meeting later and this, that, and that's the life that we all live um, doing the independent world thing or ever, you know, just wor working with the marching arts. We know we just, there's, there's hours on hours and there's really no borders around what we do. But that being said, I wanted to talk to a guest today. Um, someone that I was lucky to hang with a couple of weeks ago, do some judging. My only judging gig for the year, actually, um, up in the Rochester area. So um, got to actually hang with a really great panel of judges, many of which are WGI judges, Rich Hammond, Bobby Jones, um, as well as Matt 
Han was up there um, and Travis Peterman, because, of course, I would never do a judging gig without Travis there. That wouldn't make any sense. So that would be that would be absolutely yeah, every, <laughs> everybody knows to book us together. Um, but uh, so it was it was great. And it was almost like a, a educational experience for me. And it always is judging, but it's also educational to be in critique with someone that I am going to be seeing on my from my competitive vantage point when we go out with Mason, you know, possibly seeing Bobby. Um, for example, we had him the last two rounds last year so I was just kind of listening to what he was saying and and seeing the kind of conversations that we were all having in the, the um kind of visual breakout um and that was very um I guess uh, it was a checkpoint for me and it was like okay these are the guys that are going to be seeing you and really you're going to put your product out there and have it be seen by um people that aren't involved with the group. And that's a very different um, part of the season is when, you know, what you've been seeing and you've just been like, you know, getting desensitized to your own program and you put it out there and all of a sudden you're seeing it through um, new eyes. So I am super excited to talk to today's guest who has an array of experiences, many of which are similar to mine um, and geographically similar to today's guest has been involved in all aspects of percussion as a performer, as an educator, as an arranger since 1980. He's considered one of the top marching percussion minds in upstate New York. This person's drum corps instructional career first began in 93 with the Syracuse Brigadiers and then continued with the Rochester Crusaders from 94 to 96. He went on to serve in a variety of design and consultation roles for the Empire Statesman Drum and Bugle Corps from 97 to 2012, quite the tenure with them. Our guest has worked with European Drum Corps as well, including the Kids Grove Scouts since 2010 and previously the Drum Corps United Kingdom, the 2015 Drum Corps Europe mm-hmm. Champions. Currently, he holds the title of Percussion Arranger for the New York Skyliners. This person is an adjudicator for band, indoor drumline, and color guard in competitive circuits all throughout the U.S., and most recently was appointed the judging coordinator and education director for the New York State Percussion Circuit and continues to serve as a music effect judge for Winter Guard International. Everyone help me welcome Teddy Muscari. Teddy, I just said a lot. What's up? How we doing? How's your night going? What is up? Thank you so much for having me. I'm fired up to do this with you, man. Uh, dude, it's it's an exciting time of year. As you said, it's, it, we're in indoor season. You guys are in the thick of it from uh, putting your product out there and we're in the thick of it just in terms of judging, getting out there. You know, I've been to Ohio a couple of times already. I've been to Indiana, um, going to Texas to do the Katy regional soon. So everybody's in the thick of it, trying to, trying to really get into the season. This is Christmas for me for a really long period of time. This is my favorite time of the year. It's it must be really fun and it also must be super high stakes feeling and I'm sure you all take it very serious and are you like tuned into what I'm talking about with like the YouTube rollout you know the unofficial leakage of media stuff like as a judge is that something you like you know are you on YouTube like letting the algorithm feed you the stuff coming out are you purposely staying away is there like an approach that y'all are supposed to like take to that I don't know if there's absolutely an approach that you know the guys, yeah. the, the admin guys for WGI don't give us an approach that we should be taking. I will tell you being an effect music judge, which is a, a, a it's a caption where you want reaction. I purposely don't watch stuff. Okay. I don't watch stuff because I don't want to, because shows are going to evolve. You know, I'm, you know, I'm going to Texas in the first week of March, then I'm at the Atlanta regional. Things are going to change. Like I, I've sat in your shoes. Like I've, I've worked with, you know, independent ensembles, classic ensembles. Our shows change all the time. You know, we're constantly trying to 
you guys are constantly trying to produce your program, kind of hone in things in your show, kind of massage certain things and, you know, bring out the artistic quality produced, like I said. So I don't really get into it because what I'm going to see on that day is what I'm going to see on that day. And that's what I want to react to. That's uh, very wise and probably allows your objectivity to come into play on that day of where you're not, you know, preconceiving and sort of like having an expectation, especially because what we do is so audio focused and even your caption is primarily through the lens um, of audio and then the relationship to obviously um, the visual layer as well. But like what you perceive through a video can be very different than what you experience live. One thing that I wanted to talk about with you is just kind of the way that people react to the feedback they get from you, because you're seeing them brand new and you're probably like this, 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 you can like pinpoint all these things. And I think for me over the years of designing more and being in tons of meetings with judges, when you're starting out every single piece of feedback or every suggestion, you, you see the people, or you can remember like for myself, like wanting to integrate every single piece of feedback. And I think when you, you go through the process a little bit more, you start to sort of filter through. Is there a way that people can sort of understand that better who are maybe newer to critique or a way to parse what judges are are trying to say and the feedback they're giving them? Because I think sometimes it can be overwhelming when you listen to a tape or you listen to a trusted judge and they're giving you all these ideas and you're like, well, I have this much time and this much money. Can I actually do these things? And then it's like kind of a spiral. Yeah, I mean, it's a great question, Dan. I, I, I think of it, when I think through that process, like I've I've done clinics on actually how that works. And mm -hmm. I come from that, I, I come at it from not only your shoes, you know, we're running a group or, you know, or producing a group and putting an ensemble on the floor and the and from a judge perspective. So, you know, like talking through that process, it, there, there's a lot that goes into that. Um, preparing for critique on your end, you know, you guys, you know, you listen to commentary, you know, you may, you know, there are things that you may, you probably want to ask questions about as you get into critique, but processing through that, I think one of the things that I always try to convey to staff, and I actually did like a little clinic with one of our New York groups uh, just before I got on here, is that judges are going to say, judges are going to give you feedback. That's what their job is, is to give you feedback. Right. However, I I usually, I go by like the, I, I have a rule of twos. Like there might be a section in a program where judge might give you feedback. Maybe this doesn't make sense. Maybe, you know, transitionally there's something wrong. Like something's just not working you right. know, from a music standpoint, visual standpoint, how they're coordinated together. But I go through, you know, when I talk about it, I think about it in twos, like, all right. So you, I talked to Teddy and Teddy said, well, this, you know, I, I wasn't, this section kind of didn't make sense. You know, there was nothing about the concept, the music and the visual didn't kind of line up for me, but there may be from an ensemble standpoint, I might be thinking, I put my director hat on when I was running an ensemble. I'm like, I didn't get it. It's early in the season. I haven't had a chance to clean that yet. I haven't had a chance to really crystallize what the intent is of that phrase. And right. then I kind of go through it like, and then if I have an opportunity to do that, you get it out on the floor and you get the same comment again from a judge. Then at that point, I want to look at the phrase. I want to look mm. at that moment in time and how I work through that moment in time and take a look at it and say, okay, 
this isn't coming across the way it's intended. This is what the judge is talking about. I keep very specific notes when I'm on the te- when I'm on the teaching side. I keep very good notes. I keep like uh, an electronic binder because I hate paper. I'm not walking around with, you know, my my trapper keeper or whatever. With all my <laughs> notes in it. It's all it's all virtual, but you know what I mean. It's like I keep notes, and so I know to compare and say, okay, this is the second time I've got the same comment. I thought I had an opportunity to crystallize it. Now I need to take some action. That definitely makes sense. It's like, you know, kind of the same information you would give a student where if, you know, you could see someone make a mistake once and that's a, that is a, in a vacuum, or you could see someone with a tendency. And once you identify tendency, it's like worth exploring. So that's the same thing with the design where if reality of the judging one time, they kind of go like, you know, this part and you're like, well, it's not, you know, that my vision is not complete or whatever, you know, term. And you stick with it and then that comment doesn't come back yeah right versus you hear the same thing time after time and it's like okay this is maybe more of a tendency of the design that i need to kind of get to because we just had a situation and it's actually a moment that our team has been talking about do we want to end it like this or like this visual effect judge on saturday love how that ends music effect judge doesn't love how it ends like cool you know what i mean like that's (laughs) of course yeah. Of and course. it's like, you know, do you pick which one you side with? Do you go with your gut instinct with the original thing you were thinking about? But I, I think to to one of your earlier points about it being early, it's really important people know where they are at in the season, like and what should be happening and what shouldn't. Right. So like as a judge, when you are at, let's say, regional one for WGI. Um, and let's think, I guess, I'd love to hear how this would work for you, obviously, in the independent world circuit, you know, for my own personal insight, but also at the scholastic level um, as well, you know, how are you maybe painting things from a tone standpoint, from a language standpoint earlier versus when we're getting down to March and it's like, this isn't going to go much further. You know, there's that window is closing. Are you approaching yeah. those drastically different knowing where each group is along kind of the narrative of a season? There, I definitely, and, and this is, this is probably, I'm sure I'm not the only judge that approached it this way. Cause there's amazing people we have in this activity that judge. Um, but I definitely, the landscape of the season, I think about the season horizontal, you yeah. know, and just in terms of my approach, and, and my feedback and my commentary with the groups, because, you know, one of the things that they talk about, you know, by, you know, whether, depending on the paradigm, you know, a open world, we talk yeah. about like teacher, counselor, critic. Um, I probably am a little bit more critic. I'm probably a little bit more consistent on the independent world side, because you guys are world-class designers, you're world-class teachers. And I want to make sure that I'm there for you guys in a different way than I am for the open and the A's because the, the amount of time that goes into it and just the pure experience that you guys have in putting a program together, I want to make sure you're getting my, I always, you know, all the judges are like this, but I want to make sure I'm giving my open, open and honest feedback, but I'm being a critic, but you know, even if you're talking about if uh, for movies, you know, there's critics for movies, there's critics for, you know, for um, chefs, there's critics for everything, but you decide what feedback you want to take. 
because you guys are the one that have the vision. You know, right. you've successfully done this activity for a long period of time, whether it's on a football field or in a in an arena. And you guys have to filter that information because you guys are the ones that have the vision. Where the opens and the A's, I kind of want to steer them almost like, you know, I really feel like, especially with the A's and opens, I feel like I want to, I get to be their teacher for five and a half minutes and I get to teach all of those students every time I get an opportunity. So I'm on staff when I'm, when I'm doing my commentary for those groups. And right. I, I, I feel that way with the world groups too, but I'm a little bit more on the critic side when I'm doing that, where it's going to evolve. It, it evolves for those A's and opens, but I really am on the teacher side for a lot of the season for me. So that's just kind of my approach. No, that makes a lot of sense. I think um, one thing I've learned doing the world-class thing is, you know, there's an expectation that you can take it and it's like, yo, it can be rough. You know, I, I think, and just, you know, it's people bring themselves to their tapes at the world-class group is what I will say. And I think some people choose to communicate kind of like, eh, like I'm kind of, yo, this is how I am and whatever versus like have an understanding of, we are putting in so much that we have a high expectation of what a world-class judge brings to it, whether it be in preparation, whether it be in how one communicates and sometimes being at the world level, it almost, you know, for some judges, it's like, I don't really need to, you know, dig in. I kind of need, you need to like serve this up for me and I need to like get it. It needs to be accessible to me. Um, and, you know, maybe not, causing me to lean in as much depending on where the group is is at or even um if the group's excellence is at a certain level um because i do think um this might be distinctly in the world classes there's there's this interesting thing right there's there's the boxes right there's like yeah. we have box a and box b and it's it's you know the composition and the execution and we all know um and i think we all get why you can't read composition of a design without the filter of the execution. You're accessing the design itself through the vehicle of the performers, their training, their confidence, the communication that they bring to it, right? So it's, I think, in, in at the world-class level, at least, because that is what I can speak on the most, is like excellence kind of gets you into a certain bracket. You know what sure. I mean? If I, if I look sure. down world, there's, there's kind of the, you know, installments of where the groups are and maybe you'll catch a design in the seven through 10 that actually was a little bit pushing more than someone one through six, but the, the achievements there, right? So because I, I hear a lot, I had a talk with Skojo and he was like, I'm just judging the kids. I don't even think about the book. Are you, parsing excellence and the production the adults versus the members like i think this is a contentious like it's very nuanced like dork stuff that we get and i yeah. hope the people that are listening understand what i'm saying um when you're sitting there are you trying to assess the design even if the group is folding or you kind of like i kind of see what you're trying to do but it's dirty so i can't see it like wh what is your mindset around that type of uh paradox so let's let's get into the T here, Dan. Right? Let's get into T because I have my process is probably not the same as everybody else's, but sure. Um, 
the one thing that people would probably tell you if you ask them about me as a judge is that 100%, whether I'm at the first group of the day or the 30th group of the day, is I'm invested. I'm invested in the program because I take it really seriously. Right. I have a process. I'm on a plane. Guess what I'm doing? I'm, re I'm still looking at sheets. I'm reviewing sheets. I'm reviewing notes. I'm also listening to my own commentary because it's important. It's important because, you know, we're, we're, you guys are doing such amazing things. We need to keep up. The judges need to keep up with being able to adjudicate those amazing things that you're doing. And if we don't, then you're just collecting a check. That's just how I look at it. I'm just, and that, and that's not for me that I, I wouldn't do it if I, if, if I was doing it like that, because that's not fair. Because right. at the end of the day, I'm there for the students, whether it's at the world-class level or whatever, like I love you and all, but I love your kids more. And, uh, and that's just kind of that's just how I roll when it comes to that. So, um, you know, the, it's, as far as the clarity um, in the program and the excellent side of the program, I really, I, my season kind of shifts. Early on, I'm really focused on construction. I'm really focused on design. I'm not as focused on the clarity. Because it, unless I completely can't read it, Dan, if I can't read it at all, that's a different conversation. And right. those are with different groups. But early on in the season, I want to give you guys as much feedback as I can based on the design and the programming and the pacing of the program, you know, your vertical structures, your horizontal structures. I want to give as much feedback on those things because I, truth be told, this is real secret. I'm going to lean in. We want you to be good. We want you to be good. So we're, we need to be doing, and that's how I focus. I want to give everything I can on the construction side to make sure things make sense so that, you know, that you guys can be wonderful when it comes April, because I want to be like sitting with my feet up eating bonbons, watching the world groups just freaking kill it, you know, right. all night on Saturday night and then just enjoying myself. And if I, if one comment that I made you know, if I made one comment to you and Travis during a, it, while I watched, while I'm adjudicating George Mason or in a critique or whatever, and it was helpful for you, it's success for me. It really is. I don't need to, I, I, I'm just working hard. And, and, I, and I know nine times out of 10, it's not that way. Because I know a lot of the independent world groups, they have their vision. You guys are all really successful. I might see something in a certain way that you don't agree with. That's okay, too. It really is for me. Like, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. You guys aren't going to lose sleep over it. You have, you know, you have your storyboard and you're trying to finish that storyboard. Right. And so I, I that's just how I approach it. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, every judge, and this is the nature of the sheets, which I think is a, a, a positive is every judge is meant to have a different entry point and every judge should leave a different impression in the way that they interpret the language on the sheets um, is for them to interpret and the way they even weigh the bullet points on the sheet is, is up for them to interpret depending on the program itself. Um, and I think that's a, uh, is a highly functional aspect of the, the WGI um, sheets and, and the way that y'all judge. So there's, there's no question there. I, I want to ask you from an intellectual standpoint, at least, at least for you, um, does the show need to make sense to you? Do you need to understand the story for it to be musically effective because i think when i also look across design 
capital D, I guess, in the indoor idiom specifically. That's the one that I'm, you know, staked out in. I don't know if I feel that there's a consistent message in the activity of how clear an idea has to be for it to work. Um, we, I think the prime example is Broken City. No one knows what their show's about. I certainly don't. I don't know what the words in this in the singing is. No, really, no one really does. But the level of student they have and the excellence and conviction they bring to what they do, along with the compositional transparency, it makes them really different and special. And they they do well, right? But the, I don't know what the show's about. And I'm I'm personally, but for the record, everyone knows this. I don't think the show needs to be a story or be low-hanging fruit like that. But we do get tapes being George Mason, being where we are in our story, you know, as an ensemble of, well, I don't know what this is. And that's all that I can talk about. I don't know what that one word is. What is the whole program about? Not giving credit to the layering and the maneuvering and the, all the compositional things and all the millions of other things there. Like that's what we end up getting some of the time. So I, that's a very blunt question for me to ask, but like, does it need to make sense? Why do I see some groups with, um, more opaque ideas doing well and then others don't it, it's hard for me to like make sense of that at times yeah no it's a great question for me it it doesn't need to make sense that's not that's not for my interpretation it's not my vision when I as, as far as how I approach it yeah um, there's nothing on the sheet for me that says this show needs to make sense <laughs> especially when we talk about the world class, that paradigm is very different. It doesn't need to make sense. Right. Does, does hopefully Ken meeting Barbie in a scholastic a show need to make sense. It's helpful, you know, because they're, you know, they're just, they're trying to figure out, did I tie my shoes? Do I have the right harness? And do I, you know, all those things. But when you get to in, independent world, scholastic world, it doesn't need to make sense for me. I appreciate, you know, that's not, that's not, that's not an entity on the sheet for me. It doesn't need to make sense. I appreciate things. You know, I one, one of the things that I appreciate more um, about groups is their identity. Mm. Because like, like George Mason has an identity. Like you guys could wear any uniform you wanted. You and Travis could hide out in the hallway. And I would know when George Mason is performing because you have a distinct identity with how you put your programs together and you know the way you do body, the way you construct music and do visual at the same time, I could tell, it wouldn't matter. You guys could wear potato sacks and you two could stand <laughs> in the hallway, but I would know by everything else that you're doing that it's George Mason. It's kind of the same thing with Broken City, to be honest. Like right. I would know it's Broken City because they have a very distinct identity. Right. Um, just my two cents. It's how I feel about the, that aspect of the activity. Yeah, I, I guess, you know, I, I get stuck sometimes because I, I know as well as anyone, like the students in the top, you know, five or six groups are heavy hitting multi-year DCI vet, multi-year WGI vets. And there's like, you know, the pool of students, like we're lucky we have so much talent. There's so much talent spread across. Um, But, you know, it pools in directions and we, this is just how it works. Groups have one of one, they're storied, they have, you know, a poll, um, in a way that groups that are coming up do not. Right. So yeah. it's always interesting because like last year is a perfect example. Like we had a very, very esoteric idea. Some of the judges didn't know what Kintsugi was. I thought it was really, really obvious and low hanging. Turns out it wasn't, but I think Kintsugi is 
as accessible and culturally relevant and obvious as seed or um i forget what their show was last year they're, they're all kind of that one word you know trilogy style slow rollout you know installation at a time and it's like i watch a show i don't know what's going on but it's constructed amazingly i love the music i'm pulled in by it and they and they do well is the only difference that they're just drumming better than us is it that the construction pulls you in that much more like because it, it is hard and let's not talk about mason for a second because we're doing great and it's all great a group trying to get in to the top 15 a group trying to make finals on the cusp the story being told is very ambiguous you're like what am i supposed to do am i supposed to do this where it's like conceptual and intellectual or am i supposed to do like this which is like straight story and everything in between or are even people thinking at that level i don't know maybe i'm like totally in, in the ivory tower with that one but i think <laughs> it's it's i would i would imagine you know i even i am lucky that i caught a wave i think if you didn't catch a wave you'd be struggling to figure out how do I design so that I could fit in, in this higher tier. Right. No, it's, it's a great question. I think that, you know, sometimes it becomes, you know, you're talking about, you know, let, let me address one of the things that you asked that group sure. that's trying to get in, they're yeah. trying to get into finals and independent world finals is, you know, that's elite. I don't care where you are in independent world, your finals, your elite. Yeah. Um, and for me, it doesn't matter the placement. Those are, that's, that's a show that I will sign up. If I'm not judging, I'm still watching. I'm not sitting in the hotel on Saturday night. Yeah, you have to Saturday night. Like I'm in there watching because I want to be entertained and I can be entertained a whole host of different ways. I feel like those groups that are trying to get in are typically the groups that for all intents and purposes, have a couple of 15 or 16 year old snare drummers have a couple of just, just kids that are, you know, not as mature as right. the 19 and 20 year olds on average, uh, maybe a little bit older. I'm not so, I'm not totally sure about how that works, but I'm sure that I'm sure you probably don't have any 16 year olds in your snare line. at Mason. We don't even take anyone under 18 at Mason. So there you go. Like, so there's, it, it, it's interesting and people, don't always value this but from a maturity level there's a big difference between a 16 year old and an 18 year old it yeah. sounds like oh it's two years that's not it's not two years that's that's gigantic and puberty years that's like 20 years right <laughs> <laughs> i'm still going through puberty so i'm not really yeah. sure how that works <laughs> but uh but i think that's such a big difference and i think that's where some of those groups that are struggling to get in you know, in groups that I, that I judge that they, you know, you know, maybe they stand still on a part of their show and they can, they can drum. Okay. But then, you know, just their ability to move like 16 year olds just don't move that way. The way older uh -huh. kids do, they don't know the, they don't know where the core of their body is. They, they're not comfortable that, you know, they, they're, they're just working through that stuff with you get to 18 and above those kids know the difference in what their bodies can do. And I think sometimes you, you can catch that youth and performance. So, so you don't get from a macro perspective when you're looking at a program, you can, I can look at programs like that, trying to get in and go that kid's 16. Spot on. Yeah. So yeah. That's, that's just my two cents, man, on that, but that, that, that really is how I feel about those groups trying to get in. You know, I don't, you know, sometimes it just comes down to, you know, you talk about, the variety 
that, you know, for Broken City, for example, the variety and how they bring you in and how you're just like hanging on every moment of the show. And they kind of just like, you know, I feel like it's almost like the puppet master, you know, <laughs> just kind of how they, they drag you through the show. And, and I think that that it, it works for them 100% because, you know, I'm going to high school rehearsals and during marching band season, even in New York, uh, going to high school band rehearsals and kids are wearing Broken City t-shirts. Right. So it, it just, it just is what it is. And people keep, people kind of get into, you know, that style. And sometimes I think kids, if I'm talking about kids, they get into it just because initially what Broken City was doing was just flat out different. Right. So it's like a kid is like, oh, that's different. I'm going to migrate there. I kind of, I kind of dig that. It's different than what, you know, what a pulse is doing or what a rhythm X is doing and, you know, and things like that. But, you know, I think what you guys do even at George Mason is different. I, but it's not, it's not the different like Broken City, but it's different. It's, you know, it's you and Travis and it's your, you know, it's how, it, you know, it's you putting your kind of signature on that program um, and, and doing your thing. Cause it's so, it's so great. I'm so jealous of you guys that you get to kind of signature that program and kind of do the stuff that you really love to do. And, um, and that's why, you know, probably some people think it's, um, it's kind of cliche, but it really is in my intro. I always say it's an honor and privilege to, to, to judge your program, but it really is. I'm not that those aren't just words for me. Um, it, it truly is meaningful to me. So. For sure. No, that's dope. Um, and you know, I think, that should be the tone that's brought to it. Um, I don't think it always is. I'm not going to get hung up on that because I also recognize the politics and I recognize, you know, a group that's been in finals for 20 years is perceived differently than a group that's been it for five. When I'm younger and I feel like, oh, my my groups, like we've been in independent world finals the last five years, the last seven years, to someone yeah. who's been around the block for decades, they're like, oh, Dan and Travis, these are like these new guys, you know? So like our perception of where we are at, I'm like, dude, well, I'm like 32. Like I'm old now to the students, but to them, they're like, oh, here's these young guns trying to break in. And, and it, right. you know, honestly, we are extremely lucky. Like something Tim Fairbanks talks about a lot that I think is spot on is um, it's very much the outliers thing where you have to be in the right place at the right time, make the right choices. And then you, you like catch the wave. I think with our team, we caught a wave between 2014 and 15 with like the cadets thing. And we, we branded really hard and just made some decisions. And then, um, you know, Andrew Montero is very much a part of that. He's our front ensemble and sound designer. And he's like our musical visionary in a lot of ways. And just is like a, you know, bottomless peanut bag of ideas like too many ideas, but like, it's good. It's good to have someone like that. Um, yeah. But, but we, you know, like it's, it's hard to pinpoint because it's like, we have this identity and we didn't set out to do it. Right. It was like, we're just, we're like literally hanging on by a thread. We're like designing, like directors are getting fired left and right from CWP. We brought Bobby in in March to restage drills. We fired our drill designer and our program coordinator. Like this is like scrappy shit. This isn't like my vision is to have an identity in independent world. Like, nah, it wasn't that. So what I see a lot of the times now with the groups on the cusp, or even to be very frank with you, the bottom five is just pure emulation. I'm going to be a pulse emulator. I'm going to be a broken city emulator. And we can't do that. Literally when we design, we're like, all right, we need to be more like pulse in this way with their orchestration, more like broken city with their nuance or whatever. 
And we see like we're fans too, right? So we like pick up those things and we add that to how we do what we do. But what comes out is just not like that at all. <laughs> so like, we're not worried about that. But then I watch a lot of groups and I'm like, this is like a, a diet pulse. This is diet broken city. And I just like, I just don't love that, right? Like for me, I'm like, can you can you do something new? But if you don't know how, you don't know how. So that's that's that, that tough spot to be in when you're in that 20th through, you know, beginning part of finals is like, you're trying to get in by emulating, but then by emulating, you can't bust in any further because you just kind of, you're stealing the tricks of those who came before you. So it's tough. Like it's a tough spot. I'm insanely honored that you would consider us to have an identity that you could point out in any way. That's dope. But I couldn't tell you how that happened. Do you know what I mean? Happened organically. And if I'm going to tell every designer, just let it happen. Like, is that really going to be like, you know what I mean? Right. Like how it's not going to work that way. It's right. not going to work that way. Exactly. No, I, you know, I appreciate that, but like, you know, you, you run into that gamut, right? It's like, okay, so there's a group that's 22nd and they're trying to get into finals and they're trying to emulate Pulse. Well, they're not going to play with the same quality as sound that Pulse plays. Right. Because sometimes that's their identity. For me. Yeah. Totally. You, know, you know what I mean? I, like, I'm not trying to be cheesy or anything like that. Like, sometimes that's just their straight identity. Like, you're going to hear every note. Yeah. Every note in the ensemble yeah. and that's and that's kind of their and that can be kind of their identity i'm sure you know john and ian work really hard to, to you know to have an identity and they you know they have a whole entourage and they have their website and they do their whole thing but that for me sometimes is their identity it's just an amazing quality of sound that they play with for and, sure so you know I, I you know you look up and down just people just have different identities for me and i and i work with that like you know that like with with matrix world you know rob's going to do something kind of like something he's going to try to do something that people haven't seen before you know last year with the lights and what he did with lights and right the whole effect on the visual side and how strong that was and you know you guys should do your thing and you know all these groups have so much you know so much difference and even in their like in the sound it might not be the quality of sound but it might be the actual sound because i feel like united has that in an identity and like in their sound palette that they typically use for their program so it's like a lot of these people work to have their own identity in some way shape or form to your point it probably wasn't even on purpose it probably just happened yeah. organically for a lot of those groups but it just but it just happens and then when people try to emulate if you're trying to be one of those groups, if you're trying to be George Mason and you're not in finals and you don't play as well as their kids do and you don't perform as well as their kids do and you have some immaturity in your performance, then it just makes it even harder because you're literally mm. being you're literally being compared to them if you're trying to be them. And it's just not going to work. In my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think that's right. And it, it's it's a tough spot for you know, you're, you're designing or you've been handed the keys because the reality is a lot of the time it's like, I'm ready to move into this role. And then you're into it and you kind of realize like, this is a, this is not a like really glamorous situation to be in about 98% of the time, you know, the pressure and everyone's going to be like first world problems, but it is what it is. But like to get into the part of the season where we're being compared across the country 
um, where unfortunately there's national ranking happening from coast to coast, different judges, different circuits, whatever. Yeah, I roll for sure. But like we all see it. We all understand like a narrative is going to get started. You know, we come out in this box and that's the unfortunate part of sort of this network that we have where like we're all so plugged in. Everything is super um, just connected in terms of, you know, how much access we have to to numbers, to videos like and I told Mason too, like every weekend I'm like, there will be videos immediately. And we got done with the show. There was like four videos out. And there's things I would take back, but I'm also like, I'm pretty stoked. Like to be able to watch the audience, watch it. There's actually a video. I highly recommend that you watch. I'd love your, your, uh, you know, your reaction or, you know, I guess if you don't want to, you probably can't watch us, but there is a video maybe later on after you're done with your job. Um, it's really cool. It's from the backside line. So we're actually facing the audience. And so it's, it's a different perspective. And for me, where I'm at in my course of doing this, you know, te- this is year 10 with Travis. And then year this is our ninth year in world between the two groups. I'm now tuned more into the audience because I'm like, is this going to hit with who I really care about, which is the people that are there to see a performance? Because I, I feel like the activity is we, we are in a weird identity moment. Um, I, I came from, you know, and seeing, you know, the years you came up it'll resonate with you more than me, right? Like we came from nitty gritty, rudimental, nuts and bolts. We went full theatrical face paint, Dartmouth, Pulse, maxed out Broadway. And yeah. now we're, we're kind of like, are we this? Are we that? Can we keep this up? Um, how, how much money can we put into it? The production value ceiling that's been established. It's really crazy. And I would love to talk about matrix in that regard too, too. Um, Rob is a great friend of mine and, you know, Bobby, um, had very, uh, polarizing numbers last year with them. And they're a perfect example of what I'm talking about. 13th in hands, first place in effect, visual eighth overall. That is the, the that is the conversation. That is the the nucleus of where the activity is at. Crazy production value, so much Crazy. money and so many resources put into the production value, but thirteenth in execution of what the students are doing. That puts me. I in agree a very, with all of that. By the know, way, yeah, that's fine. They were thirteenth in some hands all day, in my opinion, in my that's, humble opinion. Yeah, that's that's cool. Like, yeah, I only have seen the videos, and I when I saw the lights that Matrix put together, it was like, yeah, off the hook, crazy, crazy. And you guys don't need to worry too much about like how that happens. But for me, the question becomes: Is that a standard we're setting that is going to be sustainable? Where do we go from there? And I'll, I'll connect that to one final thing before I pass it to you. We were in the car driving down to Mason, and Montero, as usual, is in chat gpt throwing <laughs> prompts into the chat and i was and i was like oh whatever this is dumb and i was like okay ask chat gpt what the future of indoor is and it's like growing use of tvs and electronics and filtering and lights and this and that and i was like chat gpt's wrong i was like that's not the future of it that's a bubble and we're in the bubble but i think that it establishes a standard of straight monetary spend 
that is not sustainable. And it does send messages to the schools like the one I judged in Rochester, putting effort into TV, spending 75% of critique talking about the TVs and not talking about their kids. So with that, I want to pass that to you, see what your thoughts are. I know I'm being apocalyptic. No, so first of all, I so I'm just going to keep it real. I don't think any high school scholastic age group should have TVs on the floor. I think you should spend the money on your staff and teach your kids um, because I don't think they benefit. <laughs> like if you want your kid to end up like going to George Mason and auditioning and doing anything like that in scholastic sure. age, you're not giving them the opportunity because you probably should have paid money to. And if you're in New York, you probably should have paid money to bring Teddy Masteria to teach your kids instead of buying TVs. Just keep it real. Um, uh, just I don't. I also don't think it's sustainable. So what's what's the next what's the next thing, Dan? Like really, like we didn't have TVs, and you know, and I thought the activity was fine, and we bring the TVs in. I'll be honest with you. At all levels, depending on where they are on the where they are on the floor, and how much time you put into what's on the TVs, they're distracting to me. Hundred percent. Like, they're they're distracting. Like if they're just highlighting yeah. like emotional stuff, and you you can put some stuff on there that makes sense. And and where are they in the focal view? You know what I mean? Like if if you see, I've had the scholastic groups come into critique and they're like, well, you missed a bunch of stuff on the TVs. And I'm like, well, you have them on the front sideline, but your moment is in the center of the floor. And we're in a high school gym in New York, which is very different than a high school gym in Texas, where you know where you judge is like, what, 13, 14 rows of bleachers? It's not very right. high. So I find myself doing this. I, I can't connect the thoughts. Do you want me to watch the TVs or do you want me to watch your kids? Guess right. what? I, I'm going to watch your kids. Yeah. And if I miss that stuff, then I miss that stuff. But then maybe you should have had them in a focal view where I could, maybe you should have had them in the back. Maybe you should have thought about, you know, like, oh, I'm going to get in this cool TV thing. Oh, don't just teach your kids. Just teach your kids. That's Teddy's opinion. I'm not, that's not a WGI thing. That's totally Teddy. PT, totally Teddy. But uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you just coin that right there? Did you just coin I that? I think I did. I think I did. Ooh. I'm going to send Trevor. I'm sending Travis a t-shirt that says TT on it next week. That's hilarious. Um, yeah, I, I really, you know, we go back and forth. This is like one of those things because we've gone heavy with props and our prop budget and our uniform budget. And, um, you know, we're, we've never done the high tech thing. I, I don't I don't see it working. I see a lot of finals runs with with TVs out, to be honest with you. Um, so so we're not even interested in it just like fundamentally from a, a functional standpoint, I wouldn't know how to integrate it. I could see, you know, when I look at the use of lights and screens and concerts, when you go see uh, an electronic concert, if you go see, you know, house music and the way that lights can project and change the mood, that to me is interesting. That's something that Matrix was able to kind of start in that process. But just for them to do that, that was like, to me, was like step one in it being done right. That is so hard to do. Like we can barely just get down the road. It's so hard to just have an independent world group. It's so hard to just feel the drum line. And they took the first real step, I would say, with the lights thing. And it was cool. You know, we have integrated some use of lights and LEDs and lighting cues in our show. Um, but we're doing costuming in-house. We're doing 
um, all of our prop building in-house because that's just what we have to do because we allocate money into a staff budget because the cost of buses has doubled with inflation. The cost of hotels has gone up. So it's like I get spun out on like, do we all need to spend this much on props to just be considered? And if not, if you don't have the horses that Broken City has, how can you get in there? Right. It's like, and and honestly, like construction would be the first thing. That is my answer. I'll, I'll answer for you. Focus on construction and designing a well-constructed show that's paced moment to moment and the emotional variety is there and it tells a story, whether it be narrative, literal, figurative, metaphorical, doesn't matter, whatever. 90% of people aren't doing that. So this isn't for them. But, you know, we see the change of the tides with the blue coats level of production, with the OSHA, with the ladders and the helmets, with the, you know, like just adding more and more and more. Right. So I just like, I don't want that to be the message that's out there. And I, unfortunately, like, I want to like, say like, I sound kind of goofy with all this, but literally we judged, I think I judged 14 groups and one of the 14 had massive TVs in front of their front ensemble. And I was like, you should cut them. Like me as a judge, cut the TVs. Yeah cut the TVs. And they were like, Oh, well, it's like, okay, let's spend critique talking about your TV programming with the, you know, whatever. I'm not gonna get into specifics, but yeah. Right. I mean, like my thing with that is like, so you're going to spend your three minutes, whatever your critique time is at our show that you came up for in New York. That's our extended critique show. So you had 10 minutes, but regardless of how long it is, you're not talking about the kids. You're not talking about how you're going to make students better. You're talking about a TV you know, that I can watch friends on. Like, I I, <laughs> I I don't mean to be cynical, but um, for those scholastic groups, I, I just don't think it's a good decision because to your point, like you come in a critique and you're spending all your time talking about that. Like, and, and we've seen things like that fail. We've seen, you know, we, I, I've seen Matrix fail and the TV's not work. So, you know, it's like, you put so much time and effort into so many different things. It's like you guys work really, really hard to make sure that your electronics work for your show, right? If your electronics don't work for your show, holy Hannah, it's going to be an issue, right? Yeah. Now you're going to add another layer on top of that. So if my electronics don't work and my TVs don't work, then we just went back to 1999 indoor percussion, right? Like, yes, seriously. Like I know there's more bodies in 1999 and stuff like that, but like you take away all those things and you went so far back because then you become so reliant on those things for your program. And when they fail, they fail. And you, if you made them the, the pinnacle, the centerpiece, whatever you want to call it for these moments, and then you don't have it. And then who, who, who suffers? those kids that you should have not put them in the show and you should have taught them. Yeah. So I'm always going to, I'm always going to, I'm always going to make sure that any feedback that I give or any of my judging is always going to be directed towards the kids. Um, You and I have talked before we talked during the drum course season, you know, you wrote for the hurricanes and I judged the show and we had, we had a great critique you and I, and you know how I gear my commentary. 
I gear my commentary so it's a so it's commentary that if you wanted to play commentary for your group, you can play it. And sometimes it's just a different voice. So I, I just don't think that you – I kind of talked myself a little bit into a circle, but my point is that, like, especially for the younger groups and even the older groups, like, if you have so much reliance on that and it doesn't work, the kids are the ones that suffer. I don't care how much money you spend. If half your TVs don't work and your electronics don't work and it's Saturday in April and you're in the Dayton Arena, your kids are the ones that suffer for that. Yeah. My sense, honestly, like this is kind of like negative, but it is what it is. Like my sense is like we are a art form or a performance um, output that out of all the things in our lives is is in person is live like a play like stand-up comedy there's the risk aspect it's not programmed anything could happen and that's what makes watching groups ex, you know excel succeed execute you're like wow like it's almost like seeing a phenomenon right when pulse comes out and they somehow get this good in this time through all the things that they've set up through chino hills through all the relationships all the years it's like, man, that's special. But you know what's not special? Hitting a button and watching something on a screen. Like everyone, like this, this we're inundated with that. So I find it ironic. You you see the groups do the, the screen shows, but they have screens. It's warning you not to watch the screens, but then they that screens are in the show. And I'm like, you know, like I think if I was gonna do a show about social media or screens, there wouldn't be any. It would be like a beautiful green pasture and a flowing streams and there would be cattle out grazing and you know i'd be frolicking with like a whatever you know like so there's like you some weird upside down yeah like i don't i don't see like you're trying to you know show me the danger of screens through screens like i i just think it's an unhealthy direction me personally i know some people are probably gonna whatever have an opinion on that but i just want to witness excellent programming and drumming together obviously that's the that's the bullseye is that you have designed an amazing show. You're able to teach and train. And, and genu generally what we know is the process of designing a show very much equals or doesn't equal the excellence you see on the floor. So there is, you know, to go back to what we were talking about earlier about like excellence and effect is like, you can see that a show has been constructed great because the kids clearly have gotten reps and clearly are well put together. You know, if you're, if you're makeshift in that process, it, it's going to be tough to get consistent. That's just what it is. There's consistency trickles all the way down or, or it doesn't. Right. So um, last thing I want to ask you about here as, as we get towards kind of the end um, is about kind of like local judging. So um, something really interesting that we experience at least, you know, in the circuit that we compete in in Northern Virginia is we don't see a lot of WGI judges. We see a lot of local judges. And the local judges like to, I think we usually get one or two in all the panels who like decide because we're a world group, they're going to like impose their viewpoint onto our show instead of making a assessment that would be, you know, absorbent and is interacting with what we're bringing and all the elements, they kind of go like, oh, this is a, like, I can tell. You know what I mean? I judge. I can tell. You know, or see how you're nodding because you know exactly what I'm talking about. They're like trying to prove themselves through our tape. Right. What is what what, what what's the deal? Like, can we like, can we help them? Like, what what's going on here? 
so I, you know, so one of the things you talked about a little bit earlier is I'm a judge administrator for New York. So I kind of coordinate the judges. I also do education for the circuit. Um, and one of the things that's really important for me, for the local judges, even the guys that were around for a while before I took this role, um, that are local judges, is they were required on their own dime to go through the WGI certified classes. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think, you know, we talk about even, you know, as teachers, as professors or whatever, continuing education is really important. I'm constantly like, I'll just, I'll just sit in my office and run commentary over groups, you know, in the off season and just listen to my commentary. I still fumble with my words sometimes. I sure. absolutely still do. And then sometimes I, and like, I listened to it this weekend, like, I'll pause because I know I fumbled. I'll wait for that phrase to end because one of the things I try not to do is talk too much. Hmm. But I also want to make because some people like they don't get the moment because especially with you guys, right? With with world class groups, the moments are longer. There's more evolution. There's longer phrases. The shows are just flat out longer. When people talk a lot, I don't think they get the holistic moment that was right. I think I try to not talk as much. So if I thought like, even if I fumble with my words, I'll pause for a little bit and I'll let the moment resolve. And then I'll try to recap because I'll catch myself. I'm at least in tuned enough to know what's happening to know if I fumble my thought, I want to go back to it because someone's going to ask me about it. Teddy, you remember when you uh, lost your mind in that phrase and uh, (laughs) no one could understand what you're saying. Right. Like I get it, but I also, I also judge a lot. Not, I'm not practice judging a lot. I judge a lot, but I also practice judge a lot. I really do. I think it's important. So I think that's a great tip because like, I'm kind of just complaining, but I think an actual, an, an, an item you can walk away with is if you are judging a world-class group, sit back and, and try to pay attention and be very intentional with the feedback. You know, I just, we got a tape last week or I rather on Saturday and it was like, dude, like the things you're saying are very out there. Um, We got a comment. It was like, oh, we had a base break because in our show we're, we were getting uh, audience response at the beginning of ideas because that's how the show is structured at the beginning of ideas. We haven't, you know, it wasn't like, (sighs) it was like idea number one and then it's like you know reaction whatever and one of the judges like how are the bases going to re-enter over the the audience applause like that's going to be a problem we're like well they just did so what are you talking about like we re-entered in the space right what's the problem what yeah look it's happening here right um misunderstanding the the essence of the show right why why did you guys do this? Like, I didn't get that. It's like, well, that's fundamental to the show. The audience got it. Every other judge got it, but you were busy making these esoteric reaches. And it felt like I have to, I have to like instill them with some like random thing that they would never have thought of. Oh, the bases, the audience is applauding. So the bit, like, are you trying to say that, getting audience responses a prop like it was an and this is an effect tape for the record this is a music effect tape and it was like it was like dude can we just can we zoom out and go i am judging effect 
right? The audience is laughing or responding or like literally just enjoying it. And then you're sitting there being analytical. I'm like, okay, there's something going on where you're not being like authentic to yourself as a judge. You're like trying to do something. You had a plan going in. Right. So I just don't know. We get people like that at the local level. And I want to, I want to help, you know, as you, as you do very much is like, if we raise the local level, we raise everyone. Right. Right. I, I think it's important to, um, for the people who are judge administrators or people who do what I do, like on the education side with the local judges is invest in them. And probably the reason why I'm really invested in those people is because you know, we talked about money and putting money on the floor and all that stuff, how that's not sustainable. Right. I can't, I can't in New York bring in, you know, bring in Rich Hammond every weekend. I can't bring in JJ Pipitone every weekend. I can't bring in Bobby Jones every weekend. It's just not a sustainable model. We have 23 groups in our entire circuit and we're not, we're not connected to a color guard circuit. It's just the percussion circuit right. as its own entity. So I listen to commentary all the time. You can't even you can't even sit in the gym and shadow for me unless you've done WGI certified. Let alone start to make commentary. And then right. I take those things seriously. I'm in the airport on Sunday mornings and I'm listening to commentary for my judges, you know, and trying to offer feedback. And I I've had to do it twice since I've taken this role, but I've had to tell judges that I can't give them good reasons why, but I've actually twice. And I just did it this past weekend had to do something where I told the judge, I, you know, all the reasons why I couldn't use him anymore, but then tell him he had one more assignment and I took it away from him because he's affecting the students. And and at the end of the day, it's a bold move. I was judging with another person last weekend who caught what was going on in Ohio. um, And he asked me about really good friend. Um, who is a WGI adjudicator as well. And he's like, Teddy, I wish more people would do that. He goes, right. He goes, you fired your judge. And I'm like, I don't like to look at it like that. But in essence, that is what happened. But they weren't invested. They weren't invested. I listened to the commentary and I'm like, I'm not just going to get, it was a local judge. I'm like, you're not just going to come here and get a paycheck. I'm like, I have to use local judges just because it's the way the activity is in, and we're in New York. It's not like SCPA that can pay for WGI judges every single weekend. Um, but I take it seriously. And at the end of the day, I'm always going to err on the side of what the kids experiences and that this particular individual took that away from the students. So I just, yeah. I what I did. Our students listen, it's they have access to all the tapes. Yeah, no, I think I think that's valid. And our students do listen to all the tapes. We give them access to the tapes, so it's not hypothetical. I think yeah. the tape should be – I think a simple standard is that the tape is playable to the student and would be constructive. I think that is simple and, and pure and to the point is, like, don't put a tone out that you're not invested or you're not putting effort in. That's not too much to ask because judging is a responsibility because it does – inform the direction of where we go um it it is one of the most ultimate responsibilities we work in conjunction with the judges as designers to move things forward and to make decisions that are healthy for the community in general Uh, it's not us against you guys but that means we need to be professional and bring respect to 
all the groups that we interact with, whether it be as a judge or as a designer to a judge, because you are the if you are in the independent world class, you are educating the judges just as much as they're educating you on what you're doing. Right. You guys are learning from us. One hundred percent. I would I would just I would say that you guys are educating us even more at times. And you know that I put time into trying to educate myself and like, you know, you talked about sure. last year's George Mason show and people not understanding maybe what it was, but the show titles are in comp suite and everyone has the access to the internet and the description. Right. So it's like, if you didn't, weren't really sure, like Google that's part of that's part of studying for your test. Hmm. So anyway, different rabbit hole. That'll be part two of the episode. But I uh, want to yeah. thank you here for stopping by on a Tuesday and just chilling. And uh, we'll we'll get back at this because we could we could hash through this for forever. But I just want to thank you for jumping on and spending some time with us today and uh, being a great friend, a great dr- judge and caring about what you do. I think it's super dope and uh, just appreciate it, man. Dude, thank you so much for having me. I truly, truly enjoyed it. Thank you so much. All right, everyone. Thanks for stopping by here. Uh, We will catch you uh, next time. Remember to like, subscribe, do all the things, and we will see you next time. Peace.